Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, Playmakers. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. We are More Than a Season podcast. We're switching things up this week, and we are starting a brand new series called Crime and Sports. And with this brand new series, we're kicking it off with a famous story about a crime committed by a South African athlete, Oscar Pistorius. This story will have you questioning who's telling the truth and how one night can change it all. And so we're (laughs) going to take you back to the very beginning of this story, and we're going to give you all the details so that you can decipher what you think occurred on this fateful evening. Yeah, let's bring it back in time a little bit and go through the childhood. Oscar was born on November 22nd, 1986 in Johannesburg, South Africa. He was son of Hank and Sheila Pistorius, and he was the middle child of three. His family was very prominent in South Africa and lived a largely middle-class lifestyle, but he was born without fibulas on both legs, so his parents had to make a difficult decision to have their son's legs amputated below the knee just before his first birthday. And it is wild because within six months, Pistorius was walking successfully with a pair of prosthetic legs. But after injuring his knee playing rugby in high school, he started running track as a form of rehabilitation. And he actually became really good at track. Mm -hmm. He was winning all of the competitions against people at his school. And then he even went on to the Paralympics. And at this point, there was two major people in the Paralympics. It was Marlon Shirley and Brian Frazier. And they brought popularity to the sport at the time. But as soon as Oscar kind of got there, he really took over and he kind of was the triumphant one in the Paralympics. And so Brian Fraser became a mentor to Oscar, but then he created these legs for him called the flex foot cheetahs. And at the time, you know, Oscar was just running on homemade blades that he had. And so these flex foot cheetahs kind of took him to the next level. He ended up competing at a much higher level and ended up kind of taking over the Paralympics. Yeah, Brian Fraser being his mentor was just so wild to me because you have this young pup that's like big eyed, wants to be a part of the spotlight and is actually really good. And Mm -hmm. Brian, with all the research that we have done, it is just amazing to me that he created the pair of flex foot cheetahs for Oscar to compete against him. And he actually ends up getting beat like in one of the races that we did our research on. And I just think that's wild. I mean, I feel like I would be that would be a tough spot to put me in. Yeah. It's like you're excited because, you know, these pair of blades that you've created is kind of taking your sport to the next level, but you're also frustrated that it's not you that's taking the sport Mm -hmm. to the next level. So I feel like that's a really tough spot to be in. But at the end, he was kind of ultimately happy that Oscar was able to kind of be in the spotlight because if you kind of look at the history of South Africa at the time from the 1940s to the 1990s, they were going through an apartheid. And if you don't know what that is, is it's a system of legislation that's upheld segregation policies against non-white citizens of South Africa. And so basically segregation at the time was really prominent within South Africa. It was known across the world that they were going through this. And so, of course, you know, having something exciting happen for South Africa at the time was really important to the people. And so I think that's something that they really clung to, the fact that Oscar was kind of this hero for them. Yeah, I just think it's amazing if you think about how much pressure is put on athletes in the beginning, and then you have this entire historical time going on, and then 
to have him put on this pedestal as a hero to represent the country and Mm -hmm. you know everyone and I just think that that is just huge I I wonder I still I don't know if I have an opinion of why they chose him to be that person you know I think it was just something so new at the time of course like Olympian athletes are known and South Africa wasn't like the top of the top but the second that Oscar kind of came into the rankings of the Paralympics it put Paralympics on the map people didn't really know even what the Paralympics were at the time they knew what the Olympics were and so I think that kind of just was something new and exciting for South Africa to be able to focus on and also during this time he was dating his long-term girlfriend Samantha Taylor so they had gotten so close they had gone on family vacations together he was super close with like her siblings her mom everything like that but there was also some like weird red flags did you read about those too yeah I read about these red flags and I'll let you dive into it but I just think what a busy man so not only is he like running out there training doing all this but then he's got a girlfriend it's just that's a busy schedule yeah, so yeah. yeah he was so busy and they had a really interesting relationship I think that he was super controlling from what I've read and what I've heard from her mom and he made her send pictures of what she was wearing before she could Mm -hmm. go out he looked through her phone and he was super controlling of her he would call her numerous times if she ever went out without him or if she was ever apart from him and just kind of made sure that he had tabs on her at all times Yeah, I feel like that would just get so old, like having to constantly check in. It's like having like a supervisor, but constantly over your shoulder. If your mom is not making you check in with what you're wearing, I think that is so odd. Yeah, your boyfriend probably shouldn't check in with what you're wearing. No, (laughs) Well, it's also interesting too, because the mom kind of points out the fact that like she notices this and then she also notices the fact that he has like an obsession with guns. So he takes Samantha Taylor to a gun range and he's really good. I mean, yeah. he hits the target every single time. I don't know if that's like a red flag for me because I feel like that just could be a passion for you, but it's just kind of something to put to note for later. Yeah, I think that it's crazy that he had just this competitive drive that would just, you know, seep into all the other areas of mm-hmm. his life, which is just crazy. Yeah, I think it is really interesting. So they continue today at this time, you know, as I told you before, he really had a passion to go to the Olympics. The Paralympics were great, but he had that passion to take his sport to the next level. And at the time, the IAAF, which is the International Association of athletic foundations they banned him from it because they said that his artificial legs gave him an unfair advantage over able-bodied athletes to me that's really frustrating like if you work so hard at something and then to be told hey you're cheating that to me would sting like that's so frustrating to be at that level and feel like you could actually compete but be told you're cheating when you don't feel that you're cheating he never considered himself disabled and so to basically be sectioned off like that like you can't do this certain type of event because you know now you're Mm -hmm. unfair but then they can't come and compete at your event so it's just really interesting the way that it is so I I'm on board with what he does next right well and then I also think the interesting part about that is like I mean he had no legs like 
how can you say that somebody without legs has an advantage over somebody with two legs? Like, yeah, I couldn't compete at the Olympics. And the fact that he can go ahead and do that is just so amazing to me. So that's just a side note. I feel like that is just interesting that they banned him. So of course that did not let him get stopped from going to the Olympics. He ends up appealing this decision. And in 2008 of May, he ends up actually getting it overturned. And so they said, okay, you can go to the Olympics, but he had to wait until the 2012 Olympics Olympics in London. Yeah, that would be a lot of built up energy to be like, I'm going to prove to you yeah. that I can do this. Yeah. yeah. So he's like training, <laughs> training, you know, getting all, of course, trying to shave time off of his stride and things like that. And at this time, he's also still dating Samantha Taylor. But right before the Olympics, they break up. What terrible timing. I just like when I read that, I was like, gosh, girl, I know. like, I don't know. It must have been pretty bad, though. For OK, so them. let's talk about why they broke up, because I think you and I will have some opinions about this. Yeah. So, you know, after we told you all about the red flags, they end up breaking up because she saw a picture of him and another woman at an event together. Yeah. You know, when I, when I read this, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing because that's not, that's not what I should be doing, but I'm just like, girl, there was so many other red flags. And I know when you're in a, like a toxic relationship, it usually is not the thing that is toxic that pushes you out of the relationship. It's something else like on the outside that you yeah. didn't even think of. Yeah. Um, and so this photo, I mean, I'm glad she got out of the relationship, but I wonder, like, what do you think? Do you think that he was actually cheating on her with this girl? Or do you think it was, like, paparazzi moment? Yeah, like, I don't know. Part of me is, like, thinking paparazzi. But part of me is thinking, I don't know, he has all these red flags and he's very possessive. And, and yeah. what we read, too, that said he would go out without her, but she wasn't able to go out without him. I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah. That's a little weird. Why are you going out without her? But, you know, you always see the paparazzi pictures and they try to make things more than they are. So yeah. that also has a little bit of a unsure territory for me the whole relationship especially right before you're gonna go to the olympics and i know you're probably about to touch on this but he puts it all out on the line yeah i mean he says like hey i'm not gonna go to the olympics unless we get back together yeah and pure... he's calling like her parents and her siblings and being like get her to come back with me i'm not going to the olympics until we get back together wow that's like a romeo moment wild wild but hey he ends up going <laughs> okay well you know reading that I was like man you could have hang on like a yeah, little longer <laughs> let's pretend I don't know we'll see I guess I guess he was still texting her throughout the entire Olympics being like I want you back blah 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 right uh, whatever yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah sure so let's let's go from the Olympics let's go to post Olympic life because you know you come back you're famous everybody knows you all that stuff so once he comes back to South Africa he was invited to the South African Sports Awards a big event event and he forgot a date which I just think it's wild yeah I'm sure he has like a manager at the time right a manager to tell yes. him like hey by the way like you need a date or why does he need a date I don't understand that part either but yeah anyways I don't know he so gets he a date yes and he ends up finding a date on a whim he got set up with a friend through a friend um with this beautiful girl named Reva Steenkamp and she was a model mm -hmm. and they literally had just met and she was like yeah I'll go to the awards with you yeah totally fine yeah, so forgot a date, ends up dating Reva. They end up going on and dating, but let's talk about Reva a little bit because she was really impressive. Yeah. Reva was a model and a paralegal in South Africa, so total package, total babe. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yes, and she was well known for being like the face of Avon Cosmetics and on reality TV shows, so big star. So you've got 
this model and then you have this athlete dating each other. So celebrity couple, boom, bam, it's done. Yep. Everything. So, but one of her passions that she talked on was anti-bullying. Mm-hmm. So you've got two well-known people speaking on really important topics going on in the mm-hmm. world at the time. Yeah. The story kind of takes, takes a, a turn. Yeah, takes a big turn on the night of February 14th, 2013. Valentine's Day, people. I know. Terrible day for a murder. Yeah, not really um, <laughs> lovey-dovey, is it? No, no. So I think that we should just dive in deep. So on the night of February 14th in 2013, there was a call made to the police at 3 a.m. by a neighbor who said they had heard gunshots. The police showed up and Oscar was hysterical saying that Reva was shot and it was a terrible, terrible accident. Okay. There's so much that goes on here. So I'm going to kind of paint a picture for you guys to give you an idea of what his bedroom looks like. So since, of course, we're on a podcast and I'm not able to draw you a full out (laughs) diagram, I'm going to try my best to use description to tell you exactly what this room looked like. So imagine you are on your king bed, right? You're laying on your bed and you as Oscar are on the right and Reba is on the left looking out. So on their left-hand side is a balcony. They have two French doors that goes out to this balcony, and he liked to sleep with these two fans stacked on top of each other, which... That's weird. Yeah, a little weird. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. Another red flag. <laughs> Another red flag. Like, it. Can't we just get one big fan? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so two fans stacked on top of each other in between these two doors that were slightly open. He also had blackout curtains that were drawn right up against the fans, so... You know, he wanted it really dark in there. He wanted it loud. He wanted to be able to have this fresh air come in, but not have air conditioning because it messed with his breathing. So he's very particular yeah, as this it is, is. Yeah. Reading this, this routine was like to the top. Yeah. Like intense. Yeah. yeah. Very, very particular about how he slept. And so this is his bedroom. And then I'm going to give you a view into the bathroom. So in a typical master bedroom, you typically have your master bathroom you know, off of the bedroom. It's in the same room. But in this house, his bedroom was down the hall a little bit. So imagine again, we're laying on the bed, looking out to the right of the room. There's a door that leads into the bedroom, right? That also goes into the hallway. So that's how you get into the bedroom. The hallway down there to the left, there was a door and this is where the master bathroom was. So you had to make a little bit of a walk to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night if you had to go, you know? Yeah, that was that's like a commitment. That you is know? commitment. If you yeah. wake up, you're like, I don't know if I want to do that. It's a lot of steps. It is a lot. <laughs> so in this master bathroom, I'm going to also give you a look into what that looks like and try to describe it as best as I can. So you walk into your master bathroom. On your left-hand side, as you're in your bathroom, there's a huge jacuzzi tub. Oh. Nice little jacuzzi tub. Oh. A nice little window above the jacuzzi tub. And then to your right-hand side, there is a double vanity. And then straight across from you is a bathroom door with your toilet behind it. Okay. You know that it screams luxury. One, when you got the tub next to the window. Because mm-hmm. you look out at your beautiful view. And mm-hmm. then another thing that comes to mind is like the toilet with the door. 
I mean, in a master bathroom. Yeah, very luxurious. luxurious. So he had a pretty big bathroom. If you can imagine, you could probably fit about 10 people in there standing, just hanging out. A little party. Yeah, just a mini party. So that's just giving you a lay of the land. I wanted to be able to depict this room for you so that you can get an idea when we tell you what happened that night. So it's February 14th, Valentine's Day. They, you know, do their little dinner date and then they go to bed at 9 p.m end up waking up in the middle of the night because of course Oscar needs to rearrange those dang fans. They're not blowing the air the way that he wants them to blow the air. Okay. (laughs) So he gets up out of the bed and also just a side note here that of course Oscar has prosthetic legs, but at this point, like when he wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or whatever, he doesn't put on his prosthetic legs. He has stumps that he can walk on. One of them is a little bit slippery, so he kind of does lean more to one side and kind of has a little bit of, you know, a wobbliness to him Mm -hmm. when he's walking. So he gets up out of the bed. He goes over to move these fans. He's kind of turned around moving the fans. He actually had a light too that was kind of bothering him, you know. Prince needs to sleep. He needs it dark. (laughs) And so (laughs) he went to move something over this light. If you sleep with a significant other, you know, somebody gets up, you know, you feel it in the bed. So I think she kind of sits up at this point. He's moving the fans and she gets up. He doesn't know she gets up and he hears a screeching noise coming from the bathroom. And to him, this noise signifies the window opening in his bathroom. So remember, I told you there was a window above the tub. Yeah, the luxurious bathroom. Exactly, exactly. And so he knows the sound of this window because I'm sure as this boy needs his fresh air, he's probably (laughs) opened that window a few times when he's been in his tub, right? So he knows the sound and he's like, oh my gosh, there is an intruder in my house. Someone is breaking in. And just to give you an idea again of the times of South Africa, they did have a problem with people breaking into houses at the time. So this wasn't an uncommon thing to think about, right? So he hears this window open and he turns to Reva and says, call 911, there's an intruder. And he walks over to his side of the bed by the nightstand, grabs his gun. I I think about this whole scene and I'm just trying to process like one, he's on stumps, so he's unevenly balanced. And then he hears something Mm -hmm. and you just feel so scared probably in that moment because you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get to protection. Like I've got to get my gun to like protect my house. Yeah. So he grabs his gun, tells Reva, hey, call the police. Like there's an intruder in the house. And then he makes his way down that little hallway to his bathroom. As he gets to the bathroom on the left-hand side, he walks into the bathroom and it's kind of hiding himself by the wall. You know, as you walk into somewhere and you're kind of like shimming yourself behind the wall so that you have a little bit of a cover, he hears the door to the toilet room slam. So he's thinking, oh my gosh, this intruder has barricaded themselves into the toilet room. Like they've come into that window and now they hear me and they're going into the toilet room. So at this time, he's still like, Reva, call 911, you know, get the, get the cops here. He ends up shooting four shots through the toilet room door. Wow. He turns around and he goes back into the bedroom to grab Reva, realizes she's not there, and then has a panic moment. Like, oh my gosh, my girlfriend is in the toilet room. So he goes back into the bathroom trying to open the door and realizes that it's locked. So she had locked herself into that bathroom. Yeah, I'm just painting a picture on this because I just imagine him panic, sheer panic that he yeah. just fired his gun going all the way back to the room, then being like, oh my gosh, she's not there running back and then can't get it open. Like all the panic that yeah. must have been happening and yeah. he's not with his prosthetic legs. So trying to navigate all that, that just seems so 
so like just wild also you know we did a lot of research on this so of course we saw like him being able to walk without his prosthetic legs and it's crazy right like he looks super super unstable so imagine mm-hmm. him going back and forth like this and he's kind of like wobbly yeah that's scary and so he ends up grabbing his cricket bat going back into the bathroom and breaking it on the door so he can unlock it from the inside as he opens the door he does see reva in a pile of blood and at this point panics turns back around goes to his balcony and starts screaming for help and hoping that one of the neighbors will hear call the cops and you know come help him yeah and all of this is what his encounter was so he is repeating the story from what we just read and when the police arrive they decide that they at the crime scene need to do their own investigation and see what matches up and what doesn't Mm -hmm. so they find him when they walk in he is covered in blood and so the state starts their own investigation and they arrest oscar while they are doing all of these findings so just to line up some key points here the things that the police found in their investigation is there was screaming at 3 Mm a.m and gunshots so that lines up this next bullet point when i did this research when we were going through this this is a little iffy for me yeah The police say that Reva was locked in the bathroom with her phone and a bag was packed with her belongings in the bedroom. Yeah, I thought this was weird. So I want to dive into this really quickly because I'm thinking about like, okay, let's envision ourselves in the middle of the night, right? Like we wake up, you go to the bathroom. Do you bring your phone? I don't think so. I like wouldn't, especially if it was really late. I just, I don't think I would be up and ready for the day to like grab my phone. I don't do that when I go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really strange. And then they also took her phone and they looked through her text messages and they saw that Oscar and her were fighting like a week prior to her death about jealousy Mm -hmm. things, about whatever she was doing. So it's just really interesting what they found. When Oscar got arrested, he was initially let out on bail because they decided he wasn't a flight risk at the time and so he had to wait for the trial to begin so the trial september 12th 2014 i think that's so crazy it takes a year and a half for him to go to trial like at this point he's just out he's out and about let's talk about the media during this time because it was wild everyone knew about this case yeah it is kind of weird that everyone knew and it was like kind of a prominent thing Yeah, everyone knew what was going on, and this was once their hero, so it was just so crazy that this person could be maybe the murderer Mm -hmm. of this whole entire case. So in South Africa, I want to touch on this a little bit, is the court system is so different than in America. So one judge decides the entire ruling for the case so there's not a jury Mm -hmm. which is just nuts to me because that is weird that just means like whoever you get you hope for the best and the judge that was assigned to this case was judge masipa so she was one tough cookie she had a policy of no domestic violence so any of those domestic violence cases basically she was not in favor of the person that was accused of it Mm -hmm. so this was the judge that was assigned to oscar's case so as a side note also domestic violence during this time was super prominent and was one of the major crimes that was happening in south africa at the time women were told not to travel alone into town not even like the grocery store 
just to be safe, yeah. which is nuts. I thought that was so crazy when we were doing our research. We found that so many people were so worried about domestic violence. Yeah, and during the trial, Oscar is distraught. So he is unable to sit still. He is crying and shaking. And at some points, they have to like bring him a trash can because he is throwing up while listening to the prosecution side basically talk about what he did the night of the murder, which is just crazy to me because most people that have committed a crime or with intent to kill, they have no sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. They're like stone cold. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just crazy that he was so uncontrollable with his emotions. And so another fun fact, though, to add to this to make it even crazier is in South Africa, you're not allowed to murder an intruder. You can't protect your own property. So if somebody comes into your house, you can't shoot them or injure them or anything like that. You can only shoot warning shots, which is so weird. Yes. And it's nuts because unless that intruder poses a threat to you, which I kind of just like giggle because I'm like, what are you supposed to do? Like, are you supposed to have this like sit down conversation? Like, hey, are you going to rob me? Are you going to like attack me? What's going on here? Can we just like talk through, do you just want like my things? Are you going to hurt me? What do we need? Yeah. Just something simple. Yeah. You know, little combo. (laughs) But yeah, so you can't, unless they pose a threat, they have a gun with the intent to kill you and approach you with a weapon you are not allowed to shoot. So he is ruled not guilty of murder, but found guilty of culpable homicide, which I had no idea what that was until we read this. Yes, this is just crazy. So it means that he acted with the intent to protect his home, but not with the intent to kill. Yep. So he was given five years in prison, mm-hmm. which the people that were following this case in the town were outraged. They Mad. could not believe. They could not believe that Judge Masipa's ruling went in favor of Oscar. Yeah. People just thought that like, of course she's going to like say that he killed her and intended to kill her. Like they didn't even think that this would be a possible ruling. Yeah. And because of Oscar and who he was, the state was like, whoa, hold on. And they decided to appeal the decision because in South Africa, they can appeal the decisions that a judge makes based on certain circumstances. So that's another wild thing. Mm -hmm. So the case went under a panel of judges at the Supreme Court of Appeal, and they overturned the judge's decision and actually convicted him of murder. Okay, so it's crazy that they can go to a panel of judges, but they never get a panel of their peers. It's people that are judges. Yeah, because you could be so biased Mm -hmm. and it's the same person and you could have an opinion about whoever he is as an athlete. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how it's done. So they said that he must have known whoever was behind the door might die with the shots that were fired. So either if it was Reva or it wasn't, he still was going to shoot no matter who it was. Right. So he was given 15 years in prison and the wild part of it all is that he'll be out early in 2023. Yeah, which we might need to do something like once he comes out. I feel like that would be crazy to talk about like the whole thing once he's actually out and in society. But it's just crazy to talk about this whole entire case and think about what we perceive. What did you think happened? Yeah, so I have a couple thoughts. So I always try to do both sides. So one for Oscar and one against Oscar. So my first thought against Oscar is that when you are sleeping and you hear something and your significant other is in bed, I would whack Carson. Like Mm -hmm. if he, if I heard something or if he heard something, he'd be like, Hey, did you hear that? Yeah. And the fact that he just says, Hey, there's an intruder. I mean, I don't, I don't know. What I think is weird to me is that like she grabbed her phone to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and then like locked the door. And I was thinking about this too. And I was telling Drew, I'm like, 
Okay. I've gone to the bathroom plenty of times in the middle of the night, but like, unless you're taking a poop, let's just be honest. Why (laughs) are you locking the door with your significant other? Yeah. You know, like that's weird. It doesn't add up for me. So I really struggle with that. And the fact that he already had red flags with Miss Samantha just does not make him look good in my opinion. Okay. But then let's also to the flip side, Mm -hmm. because at this time, you know, there was a lot of intruders Yep. and South Africa was known for having a lot of people you know, break into their houses. And I think for him, you know, what we looked at was growing up, his mom had this real fear that someone was going to break into their house. And he, she kind of instilled that in him. So I think he kind of carried that into his adulthood. Yeah. I think that when you, when you have someone break in and you hear a noise, you automatically like black out, you know, like whatever I can do. And he did not have his prosthetic legs on. So I could see how he was like, oh my gosh, I can't even defend myself. I can't defend like Reva. What am I supposed to do? And he just went and panicked. So I could see that too. But four shots to me, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's pretty violent. I mean, that's pulling, pull, pull, pull. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. A lot. Okay. And then also she's in the bathroom. Is she not like screaming? Like, I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm in here. It's me. Like, yeah, that's another thing too, is like, if a person gets shot, like one time, when you hear screaming before the next, I don't know. That's just a struggle for me too. I'm like, she probably was screaming. Yeah. Well, like, and he's like going into the bathroom. He's telling her like, call 911, call 911. Like if she's in the bathroom in the toilet room, she's like, I'm in here. It's me. And there's no one in here. Yeah. Like I'm going to the bathroom. Or she's so scared that she thinks yeah. that someone's in there. And so she's like, oh, let me go hide in the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because then I'm thinking also, like, if she grabs her phone and he's like, call the police, there's an intruder, why isn't there a phone call? Like, we did did some research on that, too, is, like, she never called the police. So that's a lot of time, I feel like, in between to dial the police number real quick. And we would love to hear what y'all think. We absolutely loved diving into this case. It's something fun and different. And so if you have any ideas about one that we should do, please let us know. And we do not want our sources to not be stated. So Brittany, where do we get all this information from? Yes. So we did a lot of research on this, but of course our main sources were from the False Idol podcast. So if you actually love this story and you want to find out more about Oscar, you want to find out more about Reva and kind of dive into the entire story and kind of Mm -hmm. get a different feel you can listen to the false idol podcast i will link everything in the show notes and then we also got some information from biography.com and then of course the 30 for 30 on espn plus which is the life and trials of oscar pistorius it is amazing if you liked my amazing depiction of the bedroom and bathroom (laughs) (laughs) i got that from the 30 for 30 because they had an investigator that went through the entire house and he recreated it in like action figure form so if you thought that you know she's crazy i had no idea what she was talking about you should watch episode (laughs) two of the life and trials of oscar pistorius on espn plus because they really give you an idea of this whole entire thing Yeah, thank you guys so much for all being a part of our first crime series with crime and sports and just talking about everything. And we plan on diving into more in the future. So again, any ideas or stories, let us know. But we know we'll be back and better with the next story. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download subscribe or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.